0: The Red Sox showed flashes of what they could have been all season when they avoided getting swept by the Minnesota Twins on Wednesday night. You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Room. With Room, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a car dealership ever again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to room.com and check out thousands of great cars. Thank you for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Nessens Lauren Willand, and it was nice to see a Red Sox win on Wednesday. They beat the Minnesota Twins six to five. We are going to be talking about that win today. We're also going to dive into Jaron Duran's comments on mental health and his play and everything that kind of came from his baubles in the outfield, his interactions with the Royals fans, in a really, really well done article by Mass Lives Chris Catillo. And we're going to be looking back on Matt Barnes having a very strong September. We're going to look at September call ups. Nothing is official, but rumors are starting to float out there. And let's start with Wednesday's win because Wednesday's win was a good one. It was a needed one, but it's a win that probably doesn't matter too much in terms of the standings, whether it's MLB standings, ALE standings, wild card standings, it, it, it probably doesn't do much, but it was good to see because there was a little bit of everything here. You had Xander Bogarts hit a grand slam, and then you had J.D. Martinez say, hey, hold on a second. I haven't hit a home run in a while. Let's go back to back. And he hit a solo home run. The Red Sox did lead 5 nothing at one point. So you saw the offense kind of come alive. You saw this offense hit with runners in scoring position, take advantage of men being on base. You saw J.D. Martinez do what he's done so many times in the past and with bogarts and martinez we both know these players have been frustrated with their individual performance obviously as well as the team performance as a whole so to see them have this kind of game was definitely a delight a much needed delight for fans bogarts has been dealing with a wrist injury since may and we know that it's kind of hindered him a little bit so to see him finally hit this grand slam get the red sox a nice little cushion there with a nice lead and be able to go up 5 nothing on a team that has had their way with you in this series was really, really, really good to see. And another delight was Michael Waka, who's just been incredibly consistent for this Red Sox team, not just all season, but especially since he's come back from the IL. It's unfortunate he missed that time on the IL, but he really has not missed a beat. He went six innings on Wednesday. He allowed two earned runs, had seven strikeouts on Wednesday. So that was really, really good to see Alex Cora after the game called Waka, a guy that we missed. And it makes you wonder if he stayed healthy all season, if he could pitch every day. Obviously, they'd be in a much different situation. But Michael Waka has been such a treat. the red sox this season he came in and you know people were like he's probably not the pitcher he was in 2013 i mean that was nine years ago now but he's been such a pleasant surprise and a very welcome addition to this starting rotation especially when nato has struggled and he's been injured chris sale and his injuries rich hill going on the il michael waka has just been able to step up and step up in a really really big way and i 100% believe that the Red Sox should lock him up to a two year deal, at the very minimum, a qualifying offer. But if you can get this kind of Michael Walker next season, this is going to add a lot more to the starting rotation that desperately needs a little help going into 2023. But one moment that really stood out in this game was the ninth inning. And by this point, it was six to five in favor of the Red Sox. So the Twins did come back. They were able to chip away at Boston's lead, but in the ninth inning, Alex Cora went to Matt Barnes, who's been pretty reliable this August. He's been pretty reliable since returning from the IL. He's been pretty reliable for the first time since August, uh, no, July 2021. So Matt Barnes came into the game. He did give up two runs on Tuesday. So he comes in, and you're like, okay, game on the line. What is going to happen here? And an infield single and a walk to begin the ninth. Put two on with nobody out. He did get a flyout. Which brought Carlos Correa to the plate, which is the guy the Twins want at the plate, the guy the Red Sox do not want at the plate. And that prompted Alex Cora to come out of the dugout. And I was thinking, is there, there's no way he's going to pull Matt Barnes right here. I mean, he's, who are they going to go to in this situation, right? And it seemed to be a very intense conversation on the mound. It was very one sided. It was Alex Cora doing a lot of the talking, a lot of hand movement. And then he just kind of patted Matt Barnes on the neck walked away. Whatever he said worked. Matt Barnes got Correa to ground into a game-ending double play to give the Red Sox a 6-5 win. So we obviously want to know what was said, right? Because you had to have said something to Matt Barnes to really get him back in the zone after struggling a little bit to begin the inning. But Alex Cora was very tight-lipped. He said, plainly, secrets. When asked what was said on the mound, Matt Barnes said it worked out. Michael Waka called it the mound visit of the year, and Kevin Puweki, he said he now knows how to get Barnes get, get him going after watching that mound visit. So it's overall very positive. I still would love to know what was said. Maybe it's just, "Hey, we're not getting swept. We're not losing this game. It's on you. Do something." But it was really good to see Alex Cora just kind of take control of the situation. Matt Barnes obviously heard him. Matt Barnes responded, and matt barnes has had a very very good august he finished the month with a 292 era 138 whip 13 strikeouts six walks and only gave up four earned runs over 12 and a third innings of work so overall i think that fans can be satisfied with what they've seen with from matt barnes over the last month hopefully he carries that into september and into 2023 because the red sox really could have used this version of matt barnes in the beginning of the season, in the middle of the season, they can still use him now. You still want to try to build that confidence and have reasons to be excited going into 2023. Now, in our second segment of the Locked On Red Sox podcast, we're going to be talking about Jaron Duran. We're going to talk about some September call ups and who will and may or may not be here. There's a lot of speculation about who will come, who will not come, when Tristan casas will be here. That's the big name on the board. We'll get into all of that after I tell you about why you should drive sober, because are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong, very, very wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different, drive high or get a DUI. So Mass Life's Chris Catello came out with an article on Wednesday detailing Jaron Duran, a conversation he had with Jaron Duran about his mental health struggles and how he kind of reacted to a lot of things this year that he deservedly got criticized for. And before we get into the article itself, I think a lot of people missed the point of the article because there were a lot of comments about screw this guy. still don't feel bad for him. Uh, cry about it. Just all these, you know, big keyboard warriors trying to make a point without actually reading the article. And no one's asking you to feel bad for Jaron Duran. You don't have to, that's okay. That is perfectly okay. He dug himself into this hole. But what I think we should do is listen to what he's saying and start a conversation about mental health in sports, about men's mental health. Because he, very, he made it very clear that he does not talk to anybody. He doesn't even talk to his family. He stays closed off. He doesn't talk about these feelings. So I don't think he's probably even talking to his teammates about how he's feeling. And yes, that is on him. He is a grown man. He's almost 26 years old. You do need to figure out how to help yourself at some point. But if we're just listening to what he's saying, I don't think he's making excuses for how he acted and what he, when he told fans not to, not to come root for us when we make the playoffs because that aged well, cause they're not going to make the playoffs, but that is beside the point. The point is, is that this is somebody who is probably struggling, struggling with mental health problems. Doesn't sound like he has an outlet and he's opening up about needing to open up. And I think we need to listen to that part of it. We don't have to sit here and say, oh, yeah, we feel bad for Jaron Duran now. All is forgiven for his crappy play, his crappy defense, and his crappy attitude. No, you can still feel that way about him. But have an ounce of empathy for just him wanting to open up. And maybe he can go find that outlet to try to get some help, talk about his feelings, because it comes off as very a, a toxic way to just kind of deal with stuff. He's suppressing his feelings and then he acts out on fans. He tries to be all tough guy, be like, well, until you play baseball and lose the ball in the twilight, don't come at me. You're we're gonna come at you when you play crappy defense. We're not going to come at you because you open up about your mental health. That's not what he's being criticized for in the least. But I do think, like I said, a lot of people miss the point of that article. Listen, he deserved his criticism. He got his criticism. He should not have told fans not to come back. And his apology was definitely not what fans wanted to hear. He's like, well, if I came off that way. No, no, no. You did come off that way. You're sorry you said it. You're not sorry you said it. You're sorry that you're getting so much blowback. And you're like, ah, oh, crap. People are, people are mad at me. But... Again, you don't need to feel bad for Jaron Duran, but listen to what he's saying. Maybe we can use this as a conversation starter about mental health in baseball, in professional sports with men, because there's a lot of athletes out there who struggle with mental health and there needs to be a conversation. There needs to be specific outlets. And yes, these guys make a ton of money. That does not mean they're immune to anxiety, depression, their own struggles, no matter what it is. But at the end of the day, Jaron Duran himself needs to hold himself accountable, take accountability for his actions, for what he said, and not blame it on anything. You acted the way you did. You played crappy. It's it's not the end of the world. But hold yourself accountable, own up to it, and let's just be a better person going forward. So hopefully the, the Red Sox see this. Hopefully he can, like I said, get some help, get, get an, a proper outlet, stop suppressing the feelings, and then acting out and getting upset that people criticize you. No one is immune to criticism, especially with your job. You're always going to get criticized when it comes to your work. Even if you're good at what you do, you're still not immune to criticism. And he's got a lot of hype around him. He's got a lot lot of eyes on him. But when you're flipping off your own fan base, telling them not to come back, you need to be held accountable for that. And the fans did that. So at the end of the day, I just hope people take this article and use it as a way to start a conversation, realize that athletes are human beings. I preach that a lot, that sometimes people lose sight that athletes are humans. Athletes have, have feelings like you and me. They go through stuff just because they're a professional athlete playing with a storied franchise, a very successful franchise, does not make them immune to criticism, does not make them immune to any sort of mental health struggle. So while Jaron Duran certainly still needs to hold himself accountable, we are allowed to have a little empathy. I think people forget what empathy is of late. And at the end of the day, we can all just be better people. And it's okay to not want Jaron Duran on this team. It's okay to not want to see him in a Red Sox uniform in September, it's okay if you want the Red Sox to trade him and just give up on him and get him a a change of scenery. Maybe that's what he needs. But for now, this this is what we have to work with. He opened up, he opened up about needing to open up. So we can try to see if that's going to help him going forward. Maybe just being able to get that off his chest will be able to help him, but he still needs to hold himself accountable. And He's probably going to make some errors along the way for the rest of his MLB career. He needs to learn how to hold himself accountable. He needs to learn how to not be like, well, until you do it, then don't come at me. So there's a lot of learning to do from this article. And like I said, maybe we won't see him in September. We probably I would not be surprised if you don't see him in the Red Sox you know, in a Red Sox uniform in September, but somebody we could see in a Red Sox uniform in September is Tristan Cassis, September 1st. So we know the September call-ups are coming. Red Sox fans are very anxious to see Cassis. And I understand. I want to see him too. But Alex Cora and Hayan Bloom have been very hesitant to say, yes, he'll be a September call-up. Alex Cora said on WEEI on Wednesday that there is a chance we'll see him in September. That doesn't necessarily mean he'll be a September call-up on September 1st, but there is a chance for red sox fans to see tristan cassis at some point in september the telegram and gazette's joey mcdonald he covers the woo Sox for the the telegram very respected journalist in new england big hockey guy love his hockey coverage he reported today that it seems like it's going to be Eduard bizardo and connor wong who get the call-ups for the the red sox i think that's a very smart idea especially with connor wong he has nine home runs in the month of August and missed the first week or two. So he was really, really good for the Wu Sox. You also need to know, is, it, is this your catcher going forward? Is this your backup catcher? Will this guy be your starting catcher in 2023? So I think that's a really smart way to just kind of get, get a new catcher up here. And Chris Sale loves throwing to Connor Wong. He has raved about him. And we know that some pitchers do have a catcher they enjoy throwing to. Rick Porcello loved throwing to Sandy Leon, who's now on the Twins. So you just have that comfort level. So when you have big league guys already raving about you, I think that is good news for the Red Sox and Connor Wong. And and if he can t- continue the AAA success into MLB level, he's going to have a nice career ahead of him. So I am excited to see what he can bring. Bizarro Red Sox fans are familiar with. I think it's smart to bring him up just to, provide some depth for pitching. And, you know, like we've mentioned before that this regular season is probably going to be it for the Red Sox. There's probably no playoffs in sight for the Red Sox, unfortunately. So let's just see what you have. And as much as I want Tristan Cassis here, I do. I am willing to be as patient as humanly possible. And this is coming from someone who has no patience. The Red Sox have taught me a lot of patience over the years, especially this year. But when you have Tristan Cassis, he's knocking on the door of an MLB debut. He's coming. He's going to be the future at first base. You make sure he is 130% ready. You just want him to be healthy and to be the player that we hope he's going to be. So he's got a lot of power. He still has things to work on, like many young players do. But hopefully he we will see him in September. I have no doubt that we will, just a matter of when at this point. So we'll we'll keep our eye on that. We will keep you updated as the Cassis Watch continues. But going into our third and final segment of the Locked On Red Sox podcast, we're going to end this show as we always do with the Mental Health Minute. So I want to share a story with you, a feel good story. Two of my really good friends got engaged on Wednesday night. It was so well put together. I've my friend Brian. I've known him for almost ten years, and his, he's been dating his girlfriend for about four years, and. They, are, they knew the engagement was coming. She knew the engagement was coming. They've already like, pretty much planned their wedding. The ring is just a formality at this point. But he was trying to think of ways to surprise her because she's like, oh, we're going, we're going to the Dominican this month. It's going to be that. Or, hey, uh, our anniversary is this, at this time. It's definitely going to be that. So he really worked hard to surprise her. And her best friend flew in from North Carolina to surprise her. So she had no idea that her best friend was right across the street waiting for them to leave. And so he made dinner plans, quote unquote, dinner plans with their friend. And halfway to their destination, their friend called to cancel these never real dinner plans. So she was mad. She was like, I really wanted to go to this restaurant. I got dressed up and I was just looking forward to getting out of the house. So she was a little mad. So they pulled back into the house and her parents are there with her sister, her best friend from North Carolina, and a couple of friends from brian's side so i think there was eight of us total and she walked into the house and she let out the cutest scream i've ever heard in my life she was so startled she was so surprised and i think she started to realize what was going on her parents were there she saw her best friend started crying and gave her this big hug one of her other best friends who unfortunately had covid um was on facetime so And then she turns around to Brian on on one knee, and he's like, and she's like, "Oh my God, it's finally happening! It's here! Oh my God!" She obviously said yes. And then he had the chefs from her all time favorite restaurant. And when I tell you this is her all time favorite restaurant, you will meet her one time, and she will try to get you to go there just because she loves it so much. He had them come in and do like a private tasting for us. We had the most amazing food I ever had. It was so personalized to, to them as a couple and to her as a person. And it was just a beautiful night filled with love and I'm so happy for them. And it just makes me so excited. Uh, I'm, I'm a new wife. I'm so excited to help her plan this wedding and answer any questions she may have. And I'm so excited to celebrate them. They're getting married in April. So I'm so excited to just celebrate their love and just to see how much love and happiness was in one room in one night just like overwhelmed me with this big old happiness. And I was like, I can't wait to talk about this on Locked On Red Sox. And it was a nice, a really nice night because the Red Sox won, my friends got engaged, we have a wedding to plan, and I'm just so excited to see what their future holds and what their wedding in April. Maybe we'll be talking about a really fun wedding and a really good Red Sox team in 2023, but that will do it for this episode of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. To Locked on Red Sox right here on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast is where you can find us. Find us on Twitter at L O underscore Red Sox, Jake at Jake Iggy. He will return next week. And then there's me, La 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 Lauren, three laws, Lauren with four hours. Find all my work on nesson.com as well. A lot of Red Sox, a lot of Bruins preview content coming for all you Bruins fans. Also be sure to check out Locked On Bruins. EM does a wonderful job keeping you updated through the offseason. And training camp is starting very, very soon. Preseason will be here before we know it. It's going to be a great hockey season. Be sure to check out all the other MLB shows across the network. Locked on Astros, locked on Yankees. Everyone does such a good job here bringing you baseball content Monday through Friday. And now that you've made Locked on Red Sox your first listen, Go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 for your second listen. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season, which kicks off in one week. I cannot believe the NFL season is almost here. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, they all combine into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day. We will be back Friday. The Red Sox begin a brand new series against the Texas Rangers. Let's hope that they can get some wins together here as the season is coming to an end. But we will see you Friday. Have a wonderful day. And as always, let's go Red Sox.